Insert stupid short segment here. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am the host of this extravaganza for the mind. You will learn stuff that you never even wanted to learn listening to this show. It is fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I would like to welcome all my regular listeners, all my new listeners, all my future listeners, all my past listeners, everybody to the show. We are so happy to be here. All right, so let's get the business stuff out of the way, or at least the housekeeping. Let's see, this week, this week we had nothing so far radio-wise. Uh, take it back, Saturday. Saturday we had, uh, went and had a visit with the guys over at the uh, Van Zandt County, Canton Area Amateur Radio Emergency Service. So this is a group of guys over in Van Zandt County that are based out of uh, Canton, Texas and have an area's organization and they have offered to let us use one of their repeaters for a weekly net for the club alrighty uh, this is always good news so let's get on past that um, we want to make sure that everybody knows that you can go over to patreon help us out we are you know, you know I try not to beg but we do need some help keeping the uh, bills paid and the lights on here at uh, what is resonant actually uh, the home studios of resonant frequencies amateur radio podcast we're doing this uh, secondary show of course but uh, we will be bringing resonant frequency back for those of you who were uh, fans of strangely enough uh, you might want to let me know if y'all like to see that come back because I do have uh, stuff coming in every day where I would have information to disperse for that one if you haven't listened to it, go over to the website and click on the link to Strangely Enough. And I think we got about, what is it, eight, eight or nine episodes over there. We were, uh, when we shut it down, tracking the uh, mass severed foot migration. Uh, it was quite a thing there for a while. Uh, I even got the answers to the questions. It's been long enough ago. So... Go over to the website. We got that. We've got uh, information you can use in articles and stuff like that. Uh, we have this show, the other show. Uh, I'm trying to get in contact with some of the guys who I helped start out who are no longer in business and see if I can host their shows. I'll let you all know how that comes out. But uh, also, while you're there, we have pretty much booted Amazon, and I've got to go back through and take all the ads off. Uh, they booted us, we booted them, somebody booted somebody. A whole lot of booting going on. But um, we are no longer uh, able to depend on them because apparently uh, 
after having an account with them 10 years and them shutting it down and restarting one, I was only allowed to have it for about six months because it wasn't generating enough cash for them. So uh, if I was on Linux in the ham shack, uh, yeah, if I was on Linux in the ham shack, I would probably say Amazon, bite me. So um, we did that. I need you all to go over and click on the uh, link for uh, doggone it, PayPal, and drop us a small donation. I used to tell people uh, with resonant frequency, you know, if the show, if any episode helped you, it was worth a dollar. And there was a guy that tested me once. Yes, sir. Uh, I was just as happy to have his dollar than anybody, as anybody else's. We also have Patreon, and I've got to get on the Patreon and flesh it out a little more. But at this time, we have a link on the website for it. You can go over there and uh, check her out. Uh, maybe you'll wish to sign up there. That would be like a reoccurring patron kind of thing. Uh, one of the big things we have right now, or one of the biggest things we have right now, is we will give you a mention on the show. And we also have access to the Discord server for Resonant Frequencies Amateur Radio Podcast. Go over to Discord, get on the search uh, page, and type Resonant Frequencies Amateur Radio Podcast, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, you can also come on over to Kaufman County Aries server or the uh, Kaufman County Amateur Radio Association server as well. Uh, we don't uh, we don't block anybody unless they're causing a problem over there. So we got that done. That's as much housekeeping as we've got. We're about five minutes in. It'd be time to spend some music if this show had music, but we're not going to do that. So let's get on to what we're going to get on about. It's uh, Well, I'll tell you about it when we start that segment. Okay, this is going to be section one. Uh, you guys, I'm trying, I know it sounds a little weird on the podcast, but we're going to try and uh, do, um, try and do a series of shows about basic radio wave propagation. Uh, so this is going to be segment one. It may take us a while to get to your particular problem, but we will get there. So let's start off with this. I've run across at least two, possibly more new amateur radio operators. Uh, that have had issues getting their antennas set up, their radios set up, getting them working where they could uh, get out there and work some distance stations, that kind of stuff. One of them, it was a noise issue that he was too impatient to go through the process and track down. There's another one that I keep having to try and uh, try and convince him that he can't fight general radio wave propagation he's a new ham he's a technician uh there's only one place he's going to have voice and because of the current condition of the solar cycle that's going to be kind of tough um i advise a lot of people to listen to the uh worldwide broadcast shortwave stations so that uh, they can at least try and learn how to use their equipment and monitor some stuff and see if things are working so we're going to start from the beginning and the most simple thing in the very beginning is you have to understand that radio frequencies are electromagnetic radiation okay so electromagnetic radiation i tell i use the joke of everything from uh, human speech to um way past visible light 
is the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, I know that's kind of a, part of it's a little bit of a misnomer because uh, human voice, when you're talking in a room, that's a different kind of uh, propagation and or waves. So, these uh, electromagnetic waves, they can be as, they can be shorter, so short that you can't see them. Uh, as I said before, visible light is actually an electromagnetic wave. Well, it acts as a wave and a, a particle anyway, and that's for another show. However, uh, what we're focusing on, well, let's do it this way. In visible light, all right, I'm sitting here looking at a computer right now, and I've got gray around the border. I've got blue on the uh, spectrum. I've got green up in the... Uh, uh, the uh, microphone bar up there bouncing up and down. Uh, you know, so I've got these colors, but all these colors are not the same wavelength of visible light. And for those of you who aren't up on wavelength yet, I promise we will get to it. And I can look around the room. I got a picture frame with my son in it. It's got some blue. I'm looking at the uh, air conditioning filter right now, and it's green. And uh, sadly, no, I'm not even going to say that because this is not that kind of show. So, the, when you get to talking about radio waves, they are at a much longer wavelength. And because they're at a longer wavelength, they are at a lower frequency. That might be hard to get your head around. So, um, if you were looking, sitting on the beach, looking out on the ocean, and you see the surfers out there, and they're on top of these waves, and uh, you see the waves are kind of up and down and up and down. And, you know, they got peaks and valleys and that kind of stuff. Well, that's what we're talking about with electromagnetic waves. Uh, it's called a sine wave. Sometimes you can get other propagation modes that use different, but basically it's a sine wave. It goes all the way down to its farthest point, comes all the way up to its farthest point across a midline. So, yeah, there used to be the things they'd talk about where it's kind of like a one spot on a bicycle wheel going down a road. You know, it, actually, that would make the right pattern. But, so, well, let me finish that off. Because of that, we have to make, make allowances. Now, I told y'all we were going to do basic radio wave propagation. I'm trying not to get too far into the actual nuts and bolts of radio signals and that kind of stuff right this minute but let's back up and do this imagine okay there are three basically three kinds of propagation modes okay those are the basic forms i mean it gets more exotic they are more names they're branches of the, all the others but there's basically the three standard ones the first one is line of sight now if you and your buddy are standing across a field from each other and you both got handy talkies and the handy talkies are on simplex or talk around or whatever they're using on uh, you know person to person standing out in the field you know like they're out at a fireworks display or something like that that's line of sight you can see him he can see you the antennas can see each other and boom you're there you've got communication the second is ground wave propagation. Now, ground wave propagation is a little more, well, it's kind of the midway zone because it's more than, um, 
line of sight, but it's not sky wave, and we'll get to that in a minute. But ground wave propagation, the longer the, the wavelength or the lower the frequency of radio, the spectrum that is called the radio spectrum, which is not all the electromagnet anyway, but and that's kind of a misnomer too, but we're going to use it right now, and I know somebody's going to correct me, and I'll explain it a little more later. But the longer the wavelength or lower the frequency, the further out on a, a given antenna you can talk to people. And a good example of that is um, we used to have here locally some guys that would get on 10 meters at night and just kind of hang out and talk down in the, uh, I guess it's the tech band now, it was the novice band then, around 28.3, a little over 28.300, and 28.455, that's what it was. Yeah, y'all didn't think I could remember that fur back. Uh, and we would sit around, we would talk. Well, something I'll get into later about 10 meters, I'll just say now, 10 meters was kind of rough that night, and you couldn't hear much except the guys that were within a few miles of you. Uh, about 20, 30 miles. We were all using horizontal antennas, so the noise was low, and we could sit there and chat. And part two of that story, I guess I'll tell in a little bit, but that's the thing. We could get that kind of distance on ground wave because 10 meters would follow the curvature of the Earth a little bit, which is not necessarily the case when you get up on higher frequencies. And you can even talk hundreds of miles on the lower HF bands on ground wave if the propagation is right, if there's not too much extraneous noise in the atmosphere. Uh, I know I've worked, uh, I don't know, eight or ten states on 160 meters. That's uh, about all I really had time for, and it was really tough because I was using a long wire, and it wasn't very far off the ground. So that's number two, ground wave. Number three, and the one that most of us are interested in, is called skywave propagation. Now, in, in future episodes, we're going to get deeper into that because there's a little bit of complexity going on there. And there are different modes that happen uh, above and below and right at 30, uh, 30 megahertz. But let's just say that skywave propagation is what the... Uh, old-timers, and then some of the guys uh, on that service we try not to talk about call skip. And there are multiple variations of skip or skywave propagation. What we need to know for right now is that um, the layers of the atmosphere at different levels have uh, ionization due to sunlight. You know, the sunlight hitting the, the atmosphere, it causes uh, ionization in those layers. The electromagnetic waves can bounce off of those layers depending on the height above the Earth where the signal bounces off those layers. Kind of, uh, that's what your long-distance contacts depend on, okay? Uh, I have worked Japan, the southern tip of Africa, uh, oh goodness, close, closer in Puerto Rico. Um, I have worked a lot of places on 10 meters and it's still one of my favorite bands but the problem is that that those particular layers the signal depending on and i hate to use 
uh, terms that the newer guy, you newer guys might not have heard yet. Um, but I guess we'll get to it later. The launch angle of your signal and the way the signal hits the atmosphere. Just remember, we're talking about, uh, uh, maybe uh, try and picture the apex of a triangle. You're down in one corner at the bottom. People you want to talk to down in the corner on the other side. Uh, that signal needs to go up to the apex of the triangle and then come back down. It basically bounces off those layers of the atmosphere. Something else we have to worry about in basic propagation is that the Earth's magnetic field comes into play. And that's why solar storms are a bad thing. Uh, flares, of course, solar storms. Uh, other things that might cause issues in the actual magnetic field of the Earth. All this stuff comes into play together. And for you old-timers out there listening to me, you probably think I'm an idiot. But I'm trying to get this down to where the new guys can understand it. You're welcome to help me if you like. But, so now we've got your three propagation modes. You, we've got line of sight, we've got ground wave, and we've got sky wave. Now, a lot of the guys out there are going to get in their license. They don't have an Elmer helping them. And I no, I'm not going to go off in a rant about Elmers this time. They don't have a lot of guys out there wishing to help help them, Elmer them along. So the first thing they do is they go down and they buy the most expensive radio they can get their hands on. They buy a thousand, fifteen $1,500, $2,000 radio. They go buy a G5 RV or something equivalent. I can't remember what that is. Enfed, high something thing that's real popular right now, which is just a, a loaded long wire. But, and they go home, they throw it up, and they expect it to work. Well, there's a problem with that. Currently, we're still on the low side of the cycle. It's coming back, and sadly, the last time I sat through uh, the high side of a, of a uh, solar cycle, it wasn't until it was starting to come back down that 10 meters really heated up. Uh, it was just conditions at that time. I have been licensed 33 years, so I've been through a couple of solar cycles, and I know that they're all a little bit different. So, guy runs home, throws it in the air, hooks everything up, flips the switch on, and he can't hear nothing but static. Okay. Well, that's the thing we got to work on. Uh, one gentleman, uh, the first one I was talking about that just was in too much of a hurry to get things right and decided to kind of give up on HF. He, uh, he was in a town that already has a lot of local man-made noise. He kept wanting to put his antenna over the top of a metal, uh, storage building slash garage. He also wanted to point his antenna at the far South Pacific and Siberia. Uh, well, Siberia via the pole. And he also had a bro above ground power line. It sounds like a challenging situation, but when I got licensed, I lived in Grand Prairie, Texas, right dead square between, you know, just right smack dab in the middle of what we call here DFW, which is Dallas and Fort Worth. And they're about 35 miles apart. Grand Prairie is just about right in the middle. So 
Noise? Man-made noise? Oh, shoot, yeah, we had it in bucket load. But I didn't know any better, so I went around doing stuff, and I kept doing stuff till I figured it out. And the way I was able to get on 10 meters so me and them guys could talk around is uh, I built me a dipole, or, well, I called it a dipole. It was probably a uh, more like a quarter-wave horizontal antenna with one ground lead. But it worked, and it was strung up uh, one end at the corner of the house, the other end uh, attached to a, uh, I think it was a four-foot fence post at the back end of the yard, run some coax to it, and I was good. Uh, VHF, VHF, some of you guys old enough to remember metal TV trays. I had a metal TV tray in the living room with a mag mount stuck to it that I made myself, or mod- a antenna that I modified to be a two-meter mag mount all by myself. Some of y'all have heard that story, and had a handheld I plugged into it. When I went out mobile, I had another one. I eventually acquired another antenna, put it on the car, five-watt handy talkie, uh, way to plug it into the cigarette lighter, and I was off to the races. If I was at work and I was walking around a parking lot, rubber duck, buddy. But I know I did at least one. No, I'm not going to say that because that was through a repeater. But I know that I have done more than my fair share of simplex contacts on bare bones equipment. Let's put it that way. But here's the whole point. They go home. Y'all go home. You buy the most expensive radio because some guy at some club or some guy you talk to on two meters says, you really need this radio. And you work and work and work at it, and it's not doing what you're needing it to do. And that's because in the case of guy number two I was talking about a while ago, I can't get him to understand that no matter how hard he tries, he's swimming against the current. Because he's trying like crazy to get on 10 meters. Plus, he doesn't want... He says he's in a housing addition that has a voluntary antenna ordinance. When did that happen? But he just really doesn't want to stick an antenna up high enough that people can see it. And he's using a G5RV. Now, I've used a G5RV. I know that getting used to it was a little bit of an issue. Uh, But once I got used to it, I mean, it was pretty doggone good antenna. And I only had mine about 20 feet off the ground. Legs tied off the back fence of the house I was living in. Now, I've had Delta Loops. Uh, I wasn't quite an amateur when I had that. But, and that kind of stuff. So, let's do this. We're getting close to end of the episode. And we've kind of talked about those three basic uh, propagation modes. And we will start to expound on that as we move forward. I think I will... Flip them and start with sky. Yeah, I'll start with skywave propagation because ground wave propagation is pretty much what it sounds like. And line of sight is pretty much what it sounds like. And we might, uh, nah, I don't know if I'm going to flip it or not. We'll know next time. I'm as interested to hear the next episode as you guys are. But here's what I want you to do. If you've gone out and tried to buy one of these hot rod wire antennas, or somebody has told you to go out and buy a four, five, six hundred dollar Titan antenna. Or, oh yeah, that's something else. We need to talk about vertical and horizontal and uh, circularly polarized and loop antennas. 
but we'll get to that as well. Um, but if somebody go, tells you go out and buy some expensive hot rod antenna, or they try and get you to go out and buy your first antenna, be a G5RV or um, one of these other, ex I say exotic, they're just antennas we haven't seen in a few years, you might not want to do that. Start from the ground up. Now, when I say that, your two best opportunities to build a single-banded antenna that is going to work for you pretty much out of the box, and we'll get further into that, is, well, quite honestly, let's do this. Here's your homework. Get a piece of coax that already has a PL259 connector on the end of, one end of it. Make sure you do not cut that length of wire to be resonant on any of the handbands. So a three, five foot piece would probably work okay. It doesn't have to be expensive wire or uh, cable. I'm a big fan of RG58 myself. Uh, then go get you some wire. Figure out the length of a dipole antenna for 10 meters. 10 meters. Now, you can get switch boxes real cheap. Um, I used to have a way to get them, but I don't even know if I have an account at that place anymore, but they're not, ex they're not that expensive. Expensive. If you've got to have more than one antenna, go get a switch, a coax switch box. So, now, run a, uh, run a piece, run a 50 foot piece of coax out there, use a barrel connector and hook this antenna up to it, put it up in the air. Oh, did I? Yeah, I forgot. I figure out your length for that dipole antenna. Uh, Half wave, figure out a half wavelength. Go down to the exact center and snip it. Strip off a little piece of the end. Solder one to the shield. Solder one to the uh, uh, center conductor. Make sure you wrap it good with something so it doesn't get a lot of water in it. And then take that bad boy and stick it in the highest spot in your yard. You can get it. Get them legs out away from each other. You know, we'll talk about feed point impedances when we're talking about dipoles. Uh, in a few episodes, but at this point, we're not going to worry about that because you probably bought, bought what they call an antenna tuner, which is not a tuner. It does not tune anything. What it does is it matches impedance. Once you've taken this thing and strung it up in the yard, plug it into the back of your tuner, or yes, of your tuner, and then start tuning up on that antenna and see what you're able to do. Now, I will tell you, there will be days when you will have 40 over static on that radio because we're on the low end of the cycle. But when 10 meters opens up, and if you have that antenna at least a close to resonant and just have to put a little bit of tweak on that tuner to make it go, you'll find that when the band opens up, the noise level goes nearly to zero. But... Until while it's while the uh, band is closed, you're likely to have 20, 30, 40 dB over noise. Well, find some friends around there that uh, just got their tech licenses, and y'all sit around talking like we used to back on 28455. Because I worked more than one state up there, us just sitting around, and somebody'd hear us, they'd come on in, we talked to them a little while. Hey man, do you mind if we send you a card? Oh, no problem. And boom. That's a state. You're one state closer to work to all states, buddy. Yes, sir. And I would think that at least the potential contesters out there would be interested in that kind of thing. I'm not leaving out you Aries guys. I'm not leaving out you uh, uh, other guys 
but that that's the thing. If you're going to do work all states or something, 10 meters, buddy, I might even throw in a, a, a web address for 1010, which uh, I think everybody, when they're starting out, ought to hook up on 1010. First time, as soon as I got my number, I got on one or two of the nets and ended up with four or five certificates. Go over to the website and check it out. I've got them, got them posted over there. Everybody ought to have a tin cat hanging in there, hanging in their uh, radio room. So we've gone just as far as we can on this one, getting a little long. Well, once I cut the cut the uh, quiet out of it, it'll it'll uh, probably be about the right length. So go get you some solder, go get you some wire. Home Depot's got like 500 foot rolls down there. Use something more than lamp cord. I have used lamp cord, and it will work. Blow. Uh, if you're not running a 2,000 watt amplifier, uh, but you know, 12, 10, 12, 14 even, uh, they got them 500 foot rolls and they're cheap. Uh, get you some solder, get a soldering iron, get some wire, find you a piece of coax, make one if you have to, try and keep it three to five feet so you're not uh, uh, getting into being resonant on any of the bands and put it all together, get it in the air. If you have to tweak it some, move it some, turn it some, I'll give you this much. You want to point it at the most amateur radio operator. The most amateur radio operators, at least down here in Texas, are uh, due east and due west. And that's not just U.S., that's also outside the U.S. If you're wanting only work uh, U.S., well, kind of depends if you want to work the east coast or west coast. But either way, get it up in the air, get it pointed the right direction. Spend some time working with it. Patience is what you need. Impatience is going to be definitely a hindrance to you. So I keep going over the same stuff over and over, kids. And I'm sorry about that. So that's the end of our uh, our first basic propagation segment. Uh, if y'all have any questions, please get in touch with me at kb5jbv at gmail.com or over to the website or whatever. So... We're going to go ahead and be quiet a minute because we're trying to get this where we can chop it up and just hand out the information part. I'll keep y'all clued in on that. Go over to the website, check us out at rfpodcast.info. Send me some emails. Contact me somehow if you want some help. We also have a Discord server. You can find information on that there. In fact, on the uh, front page, all you have to do is click on the link over in the sidebar and you can head that direction. So with that... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I got a handful of stuff to do. Well, three handfuls and a bucket. But I just want you guys to don't get frustrated. Take your time. Learn how to do it. I've been looking at the test. It gives you the answers and why not, to the why not, but it really doesn't tell you how to make the stuff work. And the next guy that walks up to you and wants you to buy a $2,000 radio instead of starting out with you four or five hundred dollar radio tell them i said bite me y'all take care of your family we will see you next time we gotta go